Hi, everybody. Chodesh Tov. It's Mariam Goldberg. Um, continuing with uh, the series of Emunem Bitachon, Made Practical. So the Nakuta that I'd like to discuss today is Bitachon and Pachad, which really are diametrically opposite. And delving into it a little bit, discussing what can lead to Pachad, and how to handle Pachad. So the Beis HaLevi quotes from Nishlei, and it says as follows, in Mishlei Kaftes, Paso Kafei, Cherdas Adam Yitin Mokesh, Uvoteach Bahashem Yesugav. Meaning, what a person is fearful of actually ends up becoming an obstacle. And when a person has bitachon, he prevails. And he explains there that when a person is scared of something and doesn't have bitachon in Hashem, that in and of itself basically causes that obstacle, causes that person to fall. And a person that has bitachon, even when he's in a tzara, and even when he's in a difficult situation, he will prevail and Hashem will help him in that situation. So um, another pasuk that we're familiar with from the Torah is So the Rambam actually notes there that that's one of the lavim. There's a lav, a person who's scared to go out to war. And we know that it says in Dvarim, And why is this? Why is the Torah um, requesting that anyone who is scared return back to their home? because of this same idea that the uh, victory, that Kaisal's victory in a war was in the source of their bitachon, as it says in Yeshaya, also, the hashket uvevitcha tiagvuraschem. I remember several years ago, and I'm not remembering exactly when it was, perhaps five years ago, when there were sirens going off pretty regularly, I think it was summertime, and um, the Arabs were launching missiles, I don't even remember from what direction, but here in New Shalim, we were hearing the sirens, and we were instructed to go down um, to the shelters, to the Miklatim, and I was invited at that time to a Kachad meeting here in the neighborhood, and I was asked to speak about the whole situation, and honestly, I really didn't know what I was going to say. There was this fear, uh, feeling of fear in the air on the one hand. On the other hand, there was also a sense of calmness knowing that this was pretty going on pretty far away. However, what I really wanted to address was this fear. And I opened up Sichos Moser. And in Sichos Moser, it's really good to see it from within. He has an entire section. It's towards the end of the Sefer. It's actually page um, Tesnun Vav. And it's called Le Regal Hamatzav. Now, the Matzav at the time that Rav Chaim Shmuel Levitz was writing this was a very, very scary Matzav here in Yerushalayim. It was either during the Six-Day War or the Yom Kippur War, where there were literally missiles, um, falling left and right, and in Yeshiva's mirror, they spent many days in their shelters, just protecting themselves from the from the danger, from the imminent danger that they were surrounded by. And so, if Chaim Shmulevitz explains there so beautifully, the two ideas that one has to have, the two yesodos, funda- fundamental principles, he calls them, that a person has to have when they're going through. A difficult situation. So the first one he speaks about is the davening, is tefillah, 
which I don't think I'm going to be getting into in our short time. But the second principle is, he calls it, not to be scared, not to be fearful. And this is the Ikasakanas HaMelchama, is an interesting lesson. And this, this is what really has the shalom could cause a downfall in the melchama. Why? Because the Torah says that um, we're not allowed to be scared during a melchama. There are a few lavim in this melchama. As it says in the Gemara, Gemara Sota, nefila nisa, meaning the beginning of a downfall is actually the running away. Why? Because when a person runs away, that's in essence um, the manifestation of their emotions that are going on in their heart, which is pachad and mora. So when a person runs away, that is uh, what's triggering the downfall. And only when David HaMelech told Shaul, at the time, actually, he wasn't even David HaMelech, but he was telling Shaul HaMelech at the time that he wasn't scared, he wasn't afraid of going out to war with Goliath, Aprishti, uh, that's when they allowed him to go and fight um, Goliath. So we see this idea, we see this um, understand this fundamentally is so in Chazal that a person has to have this bitachon in their heart. There's, there was actually a taina against Yaakov Avinu when he's going out to meet with Esav. It says, Vayira Yaakov Ma'od. Yaakov was scared. And Chazal over there explained, Machzik Ba'ozne Kelev over Misabra Ariv Lo Lo. It's as if he was holding the ears of a dog and, um, and getting involved in a fight which wasn't, for him, which wasn't for him to get involved with. So Chazal there say that Yaakov Avinu should not have been scared of Esav because once you're scared, it's almost like, again, you're holding the ears of a dog and that dog senses that a person is scared. That actually gives the dog that koach to bite. And we know that when we're walking past an animal and an animal has animal instincts, they pick up on whether a person has a pachad or not. So he ends off over there um, in Sichos Mosar. He says, so what's the tznai, what's the condition not to be scared? And he quotes over there from Hoshea, and he says, Ashur lo yoshi'enu. So Ashur isn't going to save us. And he writes in parentheses, Hakavana habrit, meaning we're referring over here to America, to the United States of America. They are not going to save us. Asus lo nirkav. We won't ride the, a horse, and, and then in parentheses he also he says over here that um, this is really in our day and age. And again, he's speaking 40, 50 years ago, whenever this was exactly. But he says it's referring to our airplanes and our army. They aren't going to save us. So we shouldn't say that our hands are what is saving us, our hishtadlus, and that's really referring to the army. Meaning it's this feeling, it's this bitachon that only Hashem is really going to be able to save us. In Mechta Meliyahu, um, he brings down the Pasuk from the Tochecha, which is, V'hayu chayecha t'luim lecha meneged, meaning a person's 
this is one of the klalas, one of the curses that a person's life is actually hanging in front of their eyes, and you won't believe in your own life. You won't have a muna in your own life. And Rashi there explains, so what is this klala exactly, that a person sees their life hanging right in front of them. So Rashi there says, it's the person who buys trua, who, who buys produce from the market, and the one who buys bread from uh, the bakery. How can we understand this? He, this is the question that he poses. He would think the opposite, that if a person has their food, then there's no klala. But over here, Rashi is explaining the exact opposite, that when does a person feel that they're hanging, uh, their life is hanging um, in midair? It's dafka when a person goes out to the shuk and does his shopping. So Mechtav Meilau explains over here that the klala over here is when a person is relying on basar v'adam, and we know the pasuk from Yermia, aro hagever shayiftach ba'adam. And a person is is placing his trust in the baker or in the shuk, and that's where he thinks that he is getting his sustenance. And he says over there, ki hashof legashmius. So when a person is relying on something that's gashmi, something that's materialistic, um, then he has nothing to place his trust in. How does this person know that that basar v'adam will be around tomorrow and the following day when they need them for their produce or for their bread? And if this is what defines his life, meaning then, then his life is really hanging by that thread. And we know that Chazal, but a person who's living in a spiritual realm, he doesn't have to be scared. Meaning, a person isn't asking for gashmius as an end in and of itself. He's asking for, he says over here, for the kalim and the siyata dishmaya in order to fulfill his tasked. And he continues to say, and, and for this, he's actually, he's promised, because we said the definition of bitachon is Hashem is going to give you whatever you need in order to carry out your task, whatever it may be. So Hashem will give you whatever it is that you need in order to carry out your task. So what happens if we feel that we're lacking in something? Meaning, if a person thinks that he's missing something, but he can't do anything about the matter, then he knows that he's exempt from doing anything more. And this is where he has the Vitachon and Hashem that Hashem will carry through for him with whatever he needs. And we know the Pasuk Baruch Hagever Sheriv Tach Hashem. And I like trying to tap into this in the morning when we say Sha'asali Kol Tzorki. So Sha'asali Kol Tzorki also helps nullify that Pachad of what if I need this or what if I need that. I know that Hashem actually created 
all of my needs, all of my, um, my lackings that need to be fulfilled, Hashem is going to provide me with. And I once heard a, a woman say so beautifully, she said, when you say Shasalikotaki many times in our mind, our, the second thought that's crossing our mind right after we say it is Chutzme, meaning Hashem, I know that you created everything that I need and that you're fulfilling all my needs except for. So Hashem, we shouldn't even have that thought because that thought really is the Satan is the Yetzirah in order to instill in us a pachad of what happens if I need this something and it's actually not not there and Hashem isn't uh, isn't carrying through for me on that matter. I actually heard a few months ago I was um, in Rav Kalman's shear and a woman was asking him and what if a person feels that they don't have enough parnasa and obviously they're davening and they're doing their histadlis and whatever it may be but they have this pachad of I don't have enough parnasa, and I'm not fulfilling my needs. And so Rav Kalman said that a person's bitachon really has to be in that situation, that this is what Hashem wants for me in this given moment. And it could be that right now Hashem wants me to be, and he used an extreme word, but I'll use it, and I'm quoting him. He said it could be that Hashem wants me to be hungry right now. And that's also a certain task. And obviously we daven that Hashem should fulfill our needs in a way that's matok, in a way that, that's, that's sweet. But we have to know that there is absolutely no room for pachad. It also says, Chazal say, Asher yagorti bali, when a person is scared of something, that that chasusham could actually come onto them, even if it hasn't actually happened. But that in and of itself may bring that disaster or tragedy or whatever it may be. So we really have to be mischazek in this enod milvado that it's only Hashem, that I'm not even tapping into chasusham apachad. If we think of the chashmonaim, the chashmonaim were ma'atim be'ad rabim, right? There were a handful or two handfuls of chashmonaim against thousands and thousands of soldiers. And they decided that they were going out to war. And their their song that they sang, their war song that they sang, was Kapital Tzadi Aleph, Yoshev B'Seser Elyon, which we say every single night. And before we go to sleep, and you also say it in Tehillim. And this Kapital really... Um, it's, it was the epitome of, of their life, of what they stood for. So the Chashmonaim did not go out to a suicidal war. They went out to wage a war, which was for Hashem. It was Hashem's war. And when they went out to war, they sang this song. And the song is, Elokai Aftachbo. So they placed their trust only and entirely in Hashem. And then we go on to say, Kihu Yatzircha, Mepachyakush, etc. Meaning they place their entire being, their entire self, their heart, their emotions, their intellect, and everything, their entire selves into HaKadosh Baruch Hu's salvation. And Hashem carried through for them. And I really think that this is the legacy of the Chashmonaim because it says that Beis HaChashmonaim did not last. That if anyone says that they're from Beis HaChashmonaim, then we know that they're um, not telling the truth. So um, I see that the time is almost up. So just to end off with a really, really, really nice idea, um, a while ago I uh, was on a trip to Eastern Europe, and we went to different Kivrit Tzadikim, and one of the Kivrit Tzadikim that we went to was Rabbi Nachman's Tzion. And we know that a picture is worth a thousand words, and right above the Tzion 
there, if anyone has ever been there, it's, um, there's a bridge. There's a very rickety, narrow bridge extending from the Tzion until, I guess, maybe it's a hospitality uh, room or the offices or something. And on the bridge, there's a mimer that Rabbi Nachman always used to say, which we're all familiar with, Kol ha'olam kulo gesher tzayma'od, and when a person is walking on this very, very narrow bridge, if they're distracted, they could fall. But when they know that they have this goal in mind, and when they know that they're connected, that's the Kavel Hashem, which is a Kav, a connector to Hashem, Kavel Hashem Chazak, again, the heart should be strengthened, the Kavel Hashem, that in and of itself gives a person tremendous, tremendous koach, to continuously be connected and not have any pachad. So, Merz Hashem, tomorrow I think I'm going to continue with this idea of pachad um, and then maybe discuss some more practical applications of how to deal with pachad. But for today, at least, we could really try to, A, tap into Kapitel Tzadi Aleph, which really gives a lot of emunah bitachon. Also, when we're walking on that very narrow bridge, which happens sometimes a few times a day, it's chas v'shalom not to be pachad. And sometimes the pachad, if we know what pachad could lead to, then we're even fearful of having a pachad, which is also a good thing. So in the meantime, Hatzlacha Rabbah and Kol Tuf.